let's not fool ourselves. Most people are going to read the lead on this story. If it comes out that no collusion was found, for most people in this country, that vindicates the President of the United States. I mean, this is, a, this is as close as D.C. gets to an organized sport. But for the rest of the country, <laughs> they will look at that lead. And he has said there's no collusion. And if Mueller agrees with him, it will vindicate him in the eyes of a lot of citizens. The Mueller report handed over to the Justice Department Friday. The department took a couple of days to look it over, summarize it. No collusion, no evidence of collusion. Anybody on the Trump team. And uh, in terms of obstruction of justice, the attorney general, in partly quoting, partly characterizing Mueller's uh, conclusion, said, "Eh, some of it looks like it, but some of it doesn't, and we can never get a conviction. So, no. Um. You know, as I mentioned during the last hour of the Armstrong and Getty show, to my mind, a lot of and and the other thing it's worth mentioning is y'all um, can be the jury for this, too, because Mueller himself said most of the things we looked at in terms of obstruction have already been uh, discussed in the media. It's the stuff you've already heard. It's the firing of Comey. It's the uh, being mad at the recusal of uh, of sessions. It's the. um it's the what was I going to say? It was the, oh oh the saying hey can you drop the the Jim Flynn stuff? I mean, um, but because there was no underlying crime, it would be very very difficult to prove state of mind necessary to to convict anybody of obstruction of justice. So that is a uh, long story made very very short. We're joined now by longtime co-host of the Armstrong and Getty Show, Jack Armstrong. Jack. Yes, I'm at a ski lodge of undisclosed location and have sketchy cell phone service. I'm uh, assuming it's Sun Moritz, Switzerland, as you are part of the jet set. I've actually seen you on a jet. That is the second most prestigious ski uh, lodge in in the world. I'm at the first most prestigious, but I will not mention it. (laughs) Fabulous. So what's the view from the mountainside, Jack? Uh, Very snowy. I'm about to go snowboarding with my uh, my third grader. No, I meant the view of the events of the day. Oh, I was <laughs> I'm actually looking out my window at uh, really tall pine trees and snow. So the view, my view of the day is pretty nice right now. But um, <laughs> what an idiot! Was, what an idiot engaged in real life when there's news to be bandied about. <laughs> oh, I was super into the news over the weekend. Oh, I know. Oh, oh man, I love to take in the various news over the weekend. And uh, the three things that stick out to me is <sighs> Russia won even though it turns out they did not work with our president to get him elected. Russia won, and that nobody is ever going to believe anything ever again. That's just over. Well, and they have a an able and enthusiastic partner in the American media, which has been humiliated to the point of, if if it recovers, it will be measured in decades and not years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It would take... It would take uh, it would take decades to slowly rebuild, and most of the people who lived through this to have died <laughs> before, <laughs> before you could ever get past this. Um, and I don't know. It's just going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And, you know, in, in, a, in a vacuum of who do you believe, it's going to be great time for the conspiracy theorists and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but I'm telling you, it would, it's, fringy, it's the fringiest fringe. Um, that's that's saying, oh no no no, there's plenty of collusion. It's it's lunatics and Adam Bullshiff, and that's about it. But well, he is vowed to the, investigate on. Have you cl- played that clip from what's that woman on MSNBC? Oh, Joy Reid. Oh. Yeah, we played yeah. it once. 
Oh my God. Where she talks about, you know, there's, there's the evidence of a cover up here, a conspiracy with Robert Mueller involved. Oh my God. So, I mean, that, that's a conspiracy theory that has enough traction was actually on one of the cable news channels over the weekend. I couldn't even believe that. Yeah. Um, well, it just goes to show you the news attainment industry has has practically obliterated the uh, the traditional journalism industry. Yeah, you know, and you know, blame the internet, blame but I don't know what you blame, but that's where we are. And the other thing is, um, clearly, they're going to move forward with these other investigations. Some, you know, a lot of a lot of them made the pivot over the weekend. I, I took in the talk shows and stuff, Adam Schiff and others. That, you know, we still don't know, you know, we need to see his taxes to know what what level he is compromised, but, you know, all that sort of stuff. Sure. Um, and, you know, paying off the uh, the woman and all those things. And I'll, I'll be interested to see what the public appetite is for that. I, I really think that for just your average, you know, Joe Blow or Jane Blow who kind of follows the news, they'd heard all about this Russian thing. Now they hear the Russian thing was a nothing and and. This other stuff is going to seem like, wait a second, what are you doing now? I think there's going to be huge blowback to this, uh, to, to further investigations into other areas. But we'll see. I could be wrong. Well, you know, I don't think you are, though, because before the Mueller report was handed over to the Justice Department, 50% of Americans were saying, no, right. this has been a witch hunt, and this president has been investigated more than any of the others. And having now seen the result of what they heard, described in feverish terms as a sure conviction for conclusion by virtually every every media outlet that's in the top tier now for a couple of years, uh, their level of cynicism about, oh, another investigation, I think is going to be really, really high. And, and if you add to that the factor that now we're talking about something Donald Trump private citizen did in 1992 in some of these cases... Uh, I think, and and you know, various folks from uh, Matt Taibbi to uh, Joe Scarborough to a certain extent are agreeing with this. The Democrats have handed Donald J. Trump the mother of all campaign issues for 2020. Oh yeah, Brett Stevens in the New York Times. I don't know if you saw that, where he he thinks yesterday was the day that Trump got reelected. Um, seeing Democrats that, that are going to continue to push forward with investigations even after this. Uh, my the main point I wanted to make though while I got time and it's hard to remember my main points when I'm laying in a bed looking out at the tree and the snows uh, the trees and snow I the pity you Jack I pity you not here with the news all around you and the issues in the muck in the muck <laughs> <laughs> is we keep saying keep saying the news and a lot of people are talking about the news but it was a bigger thing than that and I wonder what that's going to do for our entire national psyche. It wasn't just the news. It was our entire information, pop culture, entertainment news apparatus had run with this story for two years with very little evidence. Um, you know, the thing that got it going turns out to be a, a junk document. But but all the late night shows, Saturday Night Live, week after week after week, all the jokes, all the, all the comments and jokes at all the award shows, just it was so much a part of it. Everything right for two years. It was assumed just... the the guilt of the president was assumed by everyone. Yes, and it and it and it just was. Yeah, it got into every aspect of our of our culture, and 
I don't know what happens now. I don't know how. I don't know what the. I don't know what the reaction to that is. Well, we'll see. I suspect that to whatever extent the media engages in self-examination, it will last for about a cup of coffee, as the kids say, um, as they've shown extremely limited capacity for uh, looking at themselves, looking in the mirror. I think in term, you mentioned the uh, the the Steele dossier and the Carter Page. Uh, warrants. I I said earlier in the show to my uh, progressive friends, guys, gals, you do not want to live in a world where they can grab a document that was prepared as if it was a middle schooler's you know report, book report, just sloppy, grab stuff from here and there in the internet and or repeated rumors and the rest of it. And then leak it to media, then cite those media reports as substantiation of that report, and have that piece of crap document be the yeah go ahead to surveil American citizens and and American citizens by the dozens and phone taps and and and, and all sorts of stuff. I mean that if 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 our intelligence services and so called justice department can use something that flimsy as the pretext to surveil American citizens for what would appear to be at least partially political reasons. I mean, that's awful. That's KGB, FSB stuff. Nancy's really sharp. Sharp Is she going to let uh, Schiff run amok like this and and continue to go all, down all these rabbit holes, even, even if these rabbit holes might have something at the bottom of them? You know, I just I just don't think the public's going to have an appetite for that. Right. I think that's political suicide by the Dems if they do that. But it could be they'll use. Uh, They're going to do it. I mean, looking at the shows yesterday, it's absolutely going to happen. Well, I think Adam Bullshift will play to the uh, the lunatic fringe and, and perhaps they try to address the non lunatic, uh, you know, segment of the population in other ways. Uh, so uh, it's up to you. You can go snowboarding. We have Deborah J. Saunders coming up in moments or you can uh, speak on if you have more to say. Uh, I plan to call back later. Um, okay. I've really been enjoying reading about this. You mentioned the Matt Taibbi thing, and uh, Peter Baker in the New York Times is the only Times journalist I've seen who actually, um, you know, brought up the idea that we we at the New York Times ran a lot of stories with a lot of so-called sources that turned out not to be true. But other than that, there doesn't seem to be a lot of, I guess we got that one wrong. Well, Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, will be on next, and I will uh, force her to answer for the sins of all of journalism. So <laughs> that should be fair. Co-host awesome. Jack Armstrong there, Jack. We'll talk to you in a few. Yeah, all right, Tim. Stay tuned. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hail to the chief, he did not call with Hey, welcome. Thanks for coming here. Deborah J. Saunders is the White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. West Coasters uh, know her as the longtime columnist for the San Francisco Chironicle. And she joins us now. Deborah, how are you? I'm fine, Joe, and you? Uh, terrific. Thank you. Uh, biggest news day uh, since the election? 
It was a pretty big news day. It was a pretty big news day. I think that this really, uh, you're going to see a different White House, believe it or not, I think more combative. <laughs> what? <laughs> because they're really coming out swinging. I was uh, over there earlier, and Sarah Sanders had just finished an interview. And, you know, they're ticked. They're ticked about this whole investigation, and they're they're th- listing names of people who they feel uh, were on the wrong side of this and should have to face some consequences on it. Interesting. What sort of names? Uh, you know, the name you hear a lot is Brennan. A lot of people talk about oh. Brennan, but also Comey. You know, they're 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 ticked. They feel that uh, this did not need to happen. Yeah, Brennan was wildly out of control. And what bothered me about Brennan is he would actively attempt to use the weight of his former offices while acting as a cable news bomb chucker. That's and, right. And to me, you got to either be one or the other. Uh, but that's interesting. Comey, um, so actual malfeasance uh, by Comey they're hinting at? Well, you know, the, 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 the number of conservatives have said for a long time that the dossier was the reason for the FISA warrant that, start, that started this whole ball rolling that never should have happened. And they're going to be looking into this and they're going to be taking names. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and you, can just, you can just feel the, the confidence and the shift in how they're feeling about this. Uh, Speaking of the uh, the Steele dossier, did you get a chance to see the Matt Taibbi piece that everybody's kicking around? Just brutal. Just a brutal indictment of the bad stories that came out of the media. Well, yeah, and and, let me read one key sentence, and then we'll get on to my main point. But nobody wants to hear this, but the news that Special Prosecutor Robert Mueller is headed home without issuing new charges is a death blow for the reputation of the American news media. And, And we'll get to that, but... He painstakingly, I mean, I printed it out. It's 30 pages. It's half a book. Um, He painstakingly goes over the history of the Steele dossier and the efforts to substantiate it and the and either the complete lack of those efforts or or actually finding out it's full of crap. Um, And that thing really needs to be discussed at some point. I completely agree with you. And it was something that when it came out, people I was I was in Trump Tower and that came out just before Trump came out and gave his first news conference after the election. And he was furious about this. And, and you know, Joe, think about how things might have been different if the first time that Trump sat down with the intelligence community and Jim Comey, they hadn't thrown this in his face afterward. Comey had not told him about this afterward. Right. Think of how different everything could have been. Right. Because, Go on. Sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, really, you don't, because the, I think that that set off a, a feeling of hostility toward the intelligence community and, and people in the Justice Department that has, let's face it, not gone away in two years. And, and, it, was, and it was a flimsy, I, I remember reading that document for the first time and thinking it was one of the flimsiest things I had ever read. It, they, they called it a dossier, but it really was a sort of a, a bunch of free association memos about gossip one had picked up. It just wasn't serious, and yet uh, it, it got a lot of serious play. And uh, I think that, you know, to the extent that this was, uh, and it looks as though it did play a real role in in launching this Russian probe. I think the White House really wants to get to the bottom of this, and they're not going to be nice about it. Well, and politically speaking, you have Adam Bullshiff, as I've taken to calling him, um, vowing to plunge on. He was the guy who, in his opening statement uh, in the hearings for some of this, stated as fact a number of the allegations from the Steele dossier, 
and has later admitted that um, even though Steele himself said, yeah, this stuff needs to be investigated and substantiated. This is just stuff I've heard. Um, Adam Schiff says, no, we never did talk to Steele. In fact, we didn't even reach out to him. But uh, and, and as Matt Taibbi points out, the idea that a congressman, uh, the, the ranking member of a committee, would present that sort of unsubstantiated, weak allegation as fact in front of the Congress of the United States in his opening statement, I mean, that is a new low. I mean, that's a, a troubling new era. All of the standards are out the window. Right. And another thing Taibbi wrote about it is he said that the people in the news business, they actually ran stories that didn't that they really couldn't verify. <laughs> I mean, that's like crazy. Right. And right. I have to say, for two years, I've and we been have here 30 in seconds, Deborah. Sorry, 30 seconds. A lot of people were wrong, and I'm, it'll be interesting to see how many will admit it and yeah. how wrong they were. You know, I wish we could talk all day. I'm so sorry our time is limited because the media aspect of this is so interesting. Uh, let's talk off the air. Maybe we can drag you back tomorrow if you have any time or whatever because we I'd love to talk more about this. We're not done, Joe. Oh, God, no, not even <laughs> near it. Deborah J. Saunders of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Follow her on Twitter. Reader will have a link to her, her latest piece. Uh, thanks, Deborah. We appreciate it. Okay, Marshall, what's your headlines? Democrats lining up to demand their own investigations, and we've got a new twist in the Varsity Blue College admissions scandal. Excellent. That's next, the Armstrong and Getty Show. This weekend changed everything. Robert Mueller's report handed over to the Justice Department summarized for us. I want to highlight the phony, phony argument that you're hearing all day today and uh, and who's behind it and why they're behind it in a couple of minutes. You'll be equipped to roll your eyes at it properly. Right now, Marshall Phillips has our headlines. Well, first out of the box, White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders saying President Trump will let the Attorney General decide whether the special counsel's Russia report should be publicly released. Though she is adding that Trump is more than happy for any of this stuff to come out. Sanders on the Today Show saying... I don't think the president has any problem with it. He has been the most transparent, accessible president we've seen in modern history. This is a person who loves to engage with the media, takes questions day in, day out. He's more than happy uh, for any of this stuff to come out because he knows exactly what did and what didn't happen. And now, frankly, the rest of America knows. They know there was no collusion. They know there was no obstruction. All right, so there's your phony topic, and you're going to hear it all day long today. We demand that the Mueller report come out in, uh, in, in, in full, in its totality. Well, number one, and, and I tweeted Chuck Schumer saying that, all of those Democrats saying that, no, it will never come out in its totality because that would violate quite a number of laws, including uh, methods and sources for the intelligence right. community, federally protected uh, grand jury testimony, Information unsubstantiated and untrue allegations about the innocent. And so it's a phony issue, so you think they're still fighting for you. The other phony aspect of it is, we demand that whatever can legally be released, be released! Scream the Democrats! Nadler! Schiff! I'm sorry, Bullshiff! Nancy Pelosi! The media demanding that! And they're demanding it of the Republicans who are saying the same thing, and the president who's saying that's fine with me. There's no argument here. Everybody, everybody agrees. 
So you're going to hear various cable news talking heads saying how important that is. And now it's got to everybody agrees that's what's going to happen. They'll go through it for super classified stuff and, and humiliations of the innocent and executive privilege and grand jury testimony. And as soon as they're done doing that, we'll all hear all about it. All right, my friends, it looks like South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Is that how we're pronouncing Buttigieg. it? Buttigieg. Okay. Anyway, he is apparently making an impression on Iowa voters with a poll out yesterday finding he has jumped into third place among the 2020 Democratic presidential candidates in Iowa. Well, he's he's bright. He's articulate. He's reasonable. He doesn't come off as a partisan hack. And he comes off as a guy who'd actually like to solve some of the problems I- of, of the country. Emerson, uh, you know whether he gets over or not, I don't know, but he is absolutely a legitimate dark horse guy. Emerson polling finding eleven percent of likely Democratic Iowa caucus goers said they'd vote for him, behind only former Vice President Joe Biden, who was first at twenty five percent, and Senator wow. Bernie Sanders, who was right behind at twenty four percent. Wow, that's significant. You know, it's 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 early days. He's very young. He's what only thirty seven, yeah. so he can only run by two years. He's a gay feller, which is not a big deal, but that will come up and be bandied about, so you might as well know it in advance. But he's uh, he's an impressive young man. Who knows? The first batch of... And, and I'm sorry. You know, Pete, being governor of Indiana is a thing, too. Uh, I'm kind of surprised yeah. he's going from mayor of South Bend to I want to be the president. But uh, who knows? He gets his name up there, right. uh, establishes that, you know, does another job or two competently, and then in 10 years, when he's all of 47 years old, he could run yeah. again. The first batch of defendants caught up in the nationwide college entrance scam are expected to appear in a Boston courtroom today. A federal investigation alleges dozens of wealthy parents lied and paid massive bribes to get their children into elite schools. How dare you? Those indicted in the investigation dubbed Operation Varsity Blues allegedly paid bribes, I don't know if you've heard about this one, of up to six and a half million dollars. To get their children into the elite schools. I, 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 I'm not paying that to get into Harvard. I'm Maybe like Harvard on Mars, if Harvard opens a new uh, hey, branch Mom, out there. Give me the six and a half million. I'll be fine. Or how much you how much you pay 500, 500K to get me in a USC and give me, give me the other yeah. side. You know what bothers me about this case? And I understand why law enforcement yeah. does this, but that, that, that the criminal at the center of all this old what's his name? You know, he, quote-unquote, corroborated and wore a wire and the rest of it. So all these dumb bunny crew coaches and tennis coaches are going to be doing more time than the mastermind of it. Because they took the bribes, but, yeah, that stinks to me. Looks like the annual trend is back. We're seeing an uptick in men getting vasectomies during March Madness. Yes. Urologists around the country. I did it uh, in time for the U.S. Open Golf Tournament. It was in a June. <laughs> that was your time. Yeah, in June. So, I, yeah, I spent uh, four days on the couch. With the, with the theory being that you can just spend your recovery time just plastered in front of something you can't right. wait to watch. Well, yeah, yeah. I, you have to you know be reasonably still and not do much for a few days. And I might as well enjoy it. Doctors say uh, patients typically are scheduling the procedure on a Friday so they can rest over the weekend, but that in the early stages of the tournament, they see Monday through Thursday appointments jump up that coincide (laughs) with the basketball schedule. See, that's good planning, because you can make the case you're going to watch on the weekend anyway. Uh, so yeah, it's it's those those weekday games that you kind of got to get a free pass. So clever, right, fellas, clever. Right, right. 
rest, relax, watch the game. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Well, I've uh, scheduled my hip customizations. I prefer that to a replacement. Yes. Um, based on uh, golf weather. Uh, I got my first one right. done in December because it was going to be rainy and cold anyway, and I couldn't play much golf. So, uh, And I'm thinking maybe the burning hot days of August um, for my next one. And then, you know, by the time it's cooled off a little bit, I'll be out there uh, swinging again. There you go. Speaking of swinging, oh, they're swinging it. Let's, come on, everybody, let's dance. What sort of collusion? Trump, Russian, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, metal collusion. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, potentially collusion. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, possible collusion. Proven in your yard. Russian, collusion. Trump, Russia, Russian collusion. Proven in your Russia, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, possible collusion. Shake it in your office. Russian collusion. Russian, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, possible collusion. Oh, shut up! Trump, Russia, possible collusion. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. So we're going to dip into the... Get the hell out of here! ...humiliation of the American media next. (laughs) And hit some of the headlines if you're not familiar with them. Stay with us. This is the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of the nation. It's a very, very bad day for CNN. I have to tell you, there should be hanging their head in shame when you think about how many people went out on a limb and predicted there would be indictments for obstruction, there would be indictments for collusion, there would be indictments for this and for that. They made it seem like it was an open and shut case, and they misinformed the American public. And they have to have some public accountability when you say things that turn out not to be true. Look, I've been vindicated. I've been saying this from day one and been criticized and uh, condemned for simply doing a legal analysis that I think any reasonable, objective, nonpartisan lawyer would have done, would have come to the same conclusion I came to, and essentially the conclusion that was come to today by the Attorney General. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Oh, boy. Uh, CNN and other media outlets, who we will uh, hold over the fire for quite some time tomorrow, would only do that. They would only bear their souls, ask for forgiveness, take a serious look at their operations. If they were serious about recapturing their credibility as arbiters of fact, and I'm just not sure they're interested in being arbiters of fact anymore. I just don't think they think there's enough profit in it, or at least not many of them. And at at risk of getting off on the media tangent, which is an incredibly important topic, um, and like I said, we'll we'll hammer it tomorrow. We'll really go over it thoroughly, and it's it's just so interesting. Um, uh, Matt Tybee in his fabulous piece about um, the death blow for the reputation of the media, and you got to keep in mind Matt Taibbi despises Donald Trump. I mean, he is a harsh, harsh critic of the administration. And frequently, Republicans in general, he swings left, which is fine. Some of my friends do. But anyway, um, he mentions, for instance, what he calls the heads I win, tails you lose coverage of the collusion thing um, through the last several years, including by the super heavyweights of the news business, the New York Times and the Washington Post. Um, And he, he gave the for instance of one of the allegations in the utterly hilariously incompetent 
and 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 well crappy steel dossier was the story that um Michael Cohen had met with Russian agents in Prague um to to uh you know perpetrate various uh, ill doings uh, you know evil doings including i believe uh, setting up uh, some of the hacking and and business stuff but anyway it was a major aspect of the justification for why the justice department gets to uh, phone tap americans and and figure out who they're calling and get search warrants and arrest people and the rest of it the still dossier was a major part of that one of the stories was about that meeting in prague and the uh, the heavyweight papers repeatedly reported on that allegation and then the washington post sent um some people to prague to dig hard for information about that meeting well they came back 100 percent empty-handed they couldn't find any evidence that it didn't happen i'm sorry they couldn't find any evidence that it did happen and what matt taibbi is pointing out is that well you went big on the idea that it did happen and when you found out it did not happen, that allegation was false. That key aspect of the Rosetta Stone of the whole investigation, the Steele dossier, that that turned out to be fake. Or at least it really looked like it was fake. That's big news, right? No. They didn't print anything about that. New York Times didn't print anything about that. So these stories that they touted so enthusiastically... You know, in March, when they found out in April it was bullcrap, they didn't print that. And in fact, the lack of retractions, corrections, or stories about how the narrative had gotten out of control and wasn't accurate was what he described as, you know, heads I win, tails you lose journalism. And 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 Matt, who was explosively critical of the weapons of mass destruction uh, era, and the media's role in it says um, nobody wants to hear this, but the news that uh, no indictments, et cetera, is a death blow for the American news media. Um, as a purely journalistic failure, weapons of mass destruction was a pimple compared to Russiagate. The sheer scale of the errors and exaggerations this time around dwarfs the last mess. Worse, it's led to most journalists accepting a radical change in mission. We become side choosers, obliterating the concept of the press as an independent institution whose primary role is sorting fact and fiction. We had the sense to eventually look inward a little in the WMD affair, which is the only reason we escaped that episode without any audience left. Is the press even capable of that kind of self-awareness now? WMD damaged our reputation. If we don't turn things around, this story will destroy it. And I think he's absolutely right. So, if you're just tuning in, or you were, God bless you, busy this weekend not paying attention to the news, the Mueller report was handed over to the Justice Department on Friday. They took two long, long days to look it over, summarize it, and make a couple of decisions. But the long and short of it is, uh, no Russian collusion by Trump or anybody in his uh, employ. They could not establish anyone involved in the Trump campaign, conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. That is a quote from Mueller himself. Um, the Russians absolutely were trying to mess with us and hack into us and the rest of it. They do it. They're doing it today. 
There's the, the building full of Russian guys, probably in those big furry hats, and I, I working really hope, at it at this moment. And I really hope that now that we've kind of separated the Russian influence from the collusion thing with this right. report, that we can actually focus on the Russian interference and not have it get said, oh, no, that's no collusion, right? right? That happened way too often. As I said many, many times, the failure for the press and the White House to differentiate between those two questions, it just... it. It contributed so much to the dumbing down of America, the dumbing down of our politics, the dumbing down of our media. Of course, the Russians are hacking and messing with us and and posting their divisive messages and the rest of that. And and Trump's not in the employ of Russia. In fact, we've got some some really, really powerful tape on the question of Trump and our relationship with Russia from none other than uh, Glenn Greenwald coming up in in a little bit. What? Well, uh, let me get to the. How long is it's that? Like, it's like a minute forty. Well, all right, stand by. Okay. Just very quickly, what uh, Mueller said about the question of obstruction of justice was: he said, "There's some stuff here that looks like it. There's some stuff here that looks like it's not obstruction of justice." I'm laying it on the Justice Department, and the Justice Department said essentially, "We could never get a conviction on all of this stuff. It's way too wishy-washy." So, no, we're not going to indict. So, it's not an exoneration. Uh, nor is it a recommendation for uh, prosecution. It's just a, wow, this kind of sort of looks like it, but kind of sort of not. That's how I'd summarize it. Go ahead. Let's see how much Glenn Greenwald we can squeeze in. And as for him being a Russian asset, it's so irresponsible to say that because the reality is that the conflict between the U.S. and the Russians are at a worse and higher level than they've been in many years, probably decades. How can you say Donald Trump is a stooge of the Kremlin when he's right now trying to remove one of Vladimir Putin's client regime states in Venezuela, or when he's trying to bully Angela Merkel out of buying Russian natural gas, probably the thing that's most important to the Russian economy, or when he sold lethal arms to the Ukrainians, something Obama refused to do on the grounds that it would be provocative to Russia, or when he bombed Putin's client state in Syria. Over and over, the Trump administration has taken actions far more adverse and aggressive and belligerent to the Russians than the Obama administration did. That's why this whole narrative that Trump all the, at all along was being blackmailed by Putin, that he's an asset of Russian intelligence. This is idiocy. It is completely irrational. It is contrary to all facts. And Bob Mueller's investigation, who spent 22 months examining that core question, what is the relationship between Trump and the Russians, concluded that there is no relationship. It's time to stop these dangerous conspiracy theories that are ratcheting up tensions between the two most dangerous countries on the planet. The reality is the Trump administration has been constantly belligerent to Putin, has constantly acted adverse to the Kremlin's interests, and there's zero basis for thinking or believing or finding evidence to assert that Trump in any way is beholden to Vladimir Putin and to Russia. The whole thing has been a joke and a fairy tale from the start. So, Glenn Greenwald, no conservative. You might be asking yourself, what about that whole weird meeting where uh, the president came out and he said, well, I believe uh, Vladimir Putin. I don't know about our intelligence services. That was a weird moment. I mean, Jack and I even said on the show, we were like, what the hell is going on? I think I know what was going on now, having watched the Trump, uh, Kim Jong-un stuff and, and just really all of the diplomacy, the international stuff uh, during the Trump administration. Trump has this idea that he can form a relationship with the individual leader 
that is close enough and open enough that he can fundamentally change the relationships between the two countries. It reminds me of Barack Obama's egotism. He thought he was so persuasive and so eloquent that he could change hearts and minds of not only leaders, but like Muslims and talk them out of being radicals and the rest of it around the world. And and Trump has a similar egotism. And so that's why, for instance, with Kim Jong-un, he'll talk over and over. We got a good relationship. It's friendly. I like him. We're in love, he even said. And he just thinks personal relationships. And this is a salesman's point of view. He thinks personal relationships, Trump, no pun intended, everything. And so at that point, he was really, really trying to improve relations with Russia. And his, his tack, his strategy was that, we're going to have such a good, warm, comfortable, personal relationship. We can talk through the really tough crap. And to my mind, he went way too far with the whole, I believe Putin. I don't know about our intelligence guys. He just figured our intelligence guys will be fine. I'm just trying to work Putin. So, you know, if you don't buy that explanation, that's fine. And reasonable people can disagree. But if you look at what Glenn Greenwald was saying about American policy, every single word of which was true. And you apply the Trump as salesman thing. I think that explains the whole relationship with Russia. Really? Agree? Disagree? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. That's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. A lot more on this topic. Stay with us if you can. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.